Sunday. So Acts the second chapter, Acts the second chapter, and uh, as I said, he read the portion that we we are accustomed uh, to reading and normally preaching from, but I want to go down to the 33rd verse, the 33rd verse, amen, and you'll find uh, these words, it says, therefore being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand. Verse 35, until I make thy foes, your enemies, thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified both Lord and Christ. I'm going to read that 36th verse again. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified both Lord and Christ. You may take your seats in the presence of the Lord. From that passage of scripture that I've just read, I want to talk to you all for a few moments or as the Spirit leads me here today from the subject matter of simply this, the message of Pentecost. The message of Pentecost. There was more than tongue speaking. There was more than flaming fire. There was more than doves on the day of Pentecost. There was a message that came along with Pentecost. And of course, the presence and power of the Holy Spirit were manifested at Pentecost, not only by the sound, the sight, and the speaking in tongues, but it was also powerfully manifested in the sermon of Simon Peter, which resulted in the conversion of 3,000 souls. I don't want you to miss that. Peter preached one message and 3,000 souls was converted. And so the presence and power of the Holy Spirit gave new courage and boldness to Peter, who only a few days earlier had denied his Lord with weakness. And now he stands before a multitude in the streets of Jerusalem, boldly rebuking a nation for its unbelief and 
crime. Also surprising are the skills and the wisdom shown by this unlearned fisherman as he presents his master's message. And, and then I, when I began to think about this, uh, you know, it came to me that every preacher, every missionary, every uh, teacher should imitate Peter in at least two ways. Number one, Peter preached Christ. How I many y'all know if you just preach Jesus, you cannot go wrong. And number two, he expounded on the scriptures. And so this is the first sermon in the history of the Christian church. Now you have to understand that on the day of Pentecost, now watch this, that was not the birth of the Holy Spirit. It was not the birth of. The Holy Spirit had always been. Fact of the matter is when you look into the beginning of time that God said, what let us make uh, uh, man. You remember that uh, when Samson stood between two pillars and said, Lord, strengthen me one more time. It was the spirit of God that anointed Samson to break down the pillars. And so it was not the birth of the Holy Ghost, but it was the descent of the Holy Ghost. In other words, the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, it descended upon them. It manifested itself on the day of of Pentecost. And so once the descent of the Holy Ghost fell on each and every one of them, now Peter, he preaches his first sermon. And so the substance, the body of the sermon was new. It was not a prophetic Christ, but a historical historic Christ that he preached. It was Christ who had been here. He had wrought miracles. He had been crucified. He had been raised from the dead. He had already ascended back to heaven. And so nobody had ever preached this kind of message. But this message, it was wonderful in its brevity. In other words, it was a very short message. Asia, he didn't preach as long as I preach every Sunday. It was a very short, it was a short message. Especially, you know, it's wonderful when you consider all that is in it. Somebody said, what message? Well, it's in the second chapter of the book of Acts when you get past the first four verses. Everything that is spoken in his message is definite. Everything is authoritative. It is the language of a confessor, not a speculator. It's not the language of a soul trying to discover something. It is the language of a man to whom something 
everything has been revealed and, and who could do nothing but speak it. In other words, the Spirit of God reveals it to him exactly what's taking place and he can't hold his peace. How I many y'all know there's a time that God will come on you and you just simply can't hold your peace. He is convicted of the truth of which he speaks. The clearness of the statements that he makes. It reveals how the spirit of God had illuminated this man. This is a proclamation that the apostle Peter made on the day of Pentecost. The subject matter of his message on that day was simply that Jesus Christ is Lord. Why don't you clap your hand if you know that Jesus Christ is Lord. That was the title of his message, that Jesus Christ is Lord. In other words, when you get through speaking in tongues, you got to know that Jesus Christ is, is Lord. When you get through being impressed with the cloven tongues of fire, you got to know that Jesus Christ is is Lord. And so he's up preaching and they don't quite understand what he's preaching about. And so the crowd, they inquired as to the meaning of his message. And Peter says that they had been witnesses to the fulfillment of the prophecy. And you got to remember this was a, a prophecy that was being fulfilled. It was spoken of by the prophets of old. They spoke it in the Old Testament. And this was a prophecy being fulfilled in the New Testament. And so all you folk that feel you don't need to read the Old Testament, I want you to know you'll never understand the New Testament until you understand the Old Testament because the New Testament is just a fulfillment of the Old Testament. Can I take my time and preach up in here? Somebody say, take your time, Pastor. And so the crowd wanted to know. And so he described the great and wonder, wondrous processions of events all mashed within one high period when Jesus came. You know Jesus, that he was sinless. He died and was risen. He ascended back to heaven and he's coming back again. And so Peter is simply saying that you're not just seeing the proof of what what David had predicted would happen. And then he quotes Psalms 110. Some of y'all ain't never read Psalm 110. You like Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall. You like Psalms 46, God is my refuge and my strength. You like Psalm 37, fret not thyself because of evildoers. But he quotes Psalms 110 in which which God says to David's Lord, sit 
at my right hand until I make you ruler over all, until I make your enemies your footstool. Now, we've taken that scripture out of context, and we need to stop taking it out of context. You know, we say our enemies that talk about us. God gonna make you my. No, that ain't what he was talking about. I'm sorry. I know I'm guilty of using it also. But we need to know exactly what uh, the reference of scripture really means. He wasn't talking about the people that talk about you gonna become uh, your footstool. This was uh, a prophecy that was going and in Acts 2 had been fulfilled. Peter says that this has now happened. Acts 2, the enemy is now, has become his footstool. Psalm 110 was used frequently in the New Testament to support the claims of Jesus' lordship. And so on this great day of Pentecost, Peter uses Psalms to prove that Jesus, by his resurrection and exaltation, that he was Lord and, and Christ. For God alone has power over life and death. Y'all do know that, that God alone has power over life and death. And so Peter, he closed his message with the declaration that the crucified, now risen Jesus, he is Lord and, and Christ. The promise to David that one of his descendants would be set upon his throne has now been accomplished. You do know that when Jesus was born, he was a seed Come on here. He was from the lines of, of David. And so now it has been fulfilled. It's been accomplished. And so this has now happened. This is the proof. Jesus of Nazareth is Lord and Christ. You're going to hear me say that a hundred times a day because when you leave here, that's the only thing I want in your spirit. I, that's the only thing I want in your spirit. When you go to the restaurant, you're going to tell the waitress, Jesus is Lord. Come on here, somebody. The next person you talk to, you're going to say, hello, Jesus is Lord. I'm going to say it to so much today until you're going to hear it in your sleep that Jesus is, he is Lord. He is the ruler of all things. He is king over all. There is no authority or power that exists that does not take its direction and its limitation from him. Why? Because Jesus Christ is, he is Lord. The very forces, Sister Pat, that control our lives are dependent upon him. It's in him that we live and that we move and that we have our very being. There is no way to avoid him. The whole world will have to deal with him. There is no option. He is Lord, the sovereign one. He is supreme. 
supreme. Simon Peter said God had made him this Jesus, both Lord and Christ. That is the Christian message to the world. We're trying to impress folk with how good we can preach and, and how we can put it all together and how we can make you jump and dance. If you can't dance off of the fact that Jesus is Lord, you ought to sit down anyhow. This is a message to the world. Why? Because we are living in a day of inclusiveness. But this is the all, all inclusive. Somebody say all inclusive. Witness of the spirit. This is the real proclamation. This is the real message of Pentecost. Is that Jesus is, he's Lord Elenusen. The Lordship of Christ is a personal discovery of such magnitude that no part of the life of the discoverer can ever be the same. When you really discover that Jesus is Lord, your life will never be the same. Some of y'all waiting to hit the lottery to change your life. You don't need the lottery. Jesus is Lord. Some of y'all waiting on a husband. Some of y'all waiting on a wife to change your life. I'll stop back here to tell you that Jesus is Lord. Some of y'all waiting on a promotion on your job. In order for you to make more money, I stop back here to tell you that Jesus is he is Lord. And so the Lordship of Christ got to be a personal discovery. And the disciples were always finding new expressions of his Lordship. They watch him turn water into wine. And the scripture declares that he manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. Every time Jesus manifested his lordship, it must have been like coming to know him all over again. And when you know Jesus Christ is Lord, you'll be the same way. When he heals you, hallelujah, it'll be just like knowing him all over again. When he delivers your son or your daughter, it's just like knowing him all over again. When he opens up a door, when he makes a way. It's just like knowing him all over again. You know they forgot quickly like some of us do. But but what, guess what? They continue to build a chain of evidence link by link around his lordship. Every time God does something for you stop listening at the devil but put a link together and you'll discover after a while, after a while when you get through putting them links together you cannot help but discover his uh, lordship. He kept proving himself over and over and over again to the disciples. Listen, he proved himself lord over the elements as he rebuked the wind. He demonstrated his lordship over death as he called the dead back to life. He healed. He asserted his lordship over diseases as he healed all sorts of human illnesses. He proved himself to be mighty in 
in battle. Have you ever had a dead situation in your life that God had to resurrect? Well, guess what? He proved himself to you. Have you ever had an illness in your body and God, he healed your body? Guess what? He proved himself to be Lord. He met the highest motivation that Satan could ever offer in the lust of the flesh, of the eye, and, and the pride of life. He soundly, my God, defeated him. He exhibited his lordship over human scorn and hate, and he submitted to the cross with the love that only God could know as he said. Father, forgive them. They know not what they are doing. Then came the greatest test of all. He was buried in the grave for three days. He arose. He proved that he is Lord over death. Death could not keep its prey. Jesus, my Savior, he tore the bars away. I stop back here to tell you that Jesus is he is Lord. If y'all feel like grabbing this mic and tagging me, it's okay. Listen, he is Lord of time and eternity. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is Lord of life, death and judgment. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. He says, I am the resurrection and, and the life. He said, I have the, the keys to hell and and death. He's proven himself over death. Well, can I let somebody know here that Jesus is the Lord of history, past, present, and future. Angels have announced him as Lord. Men have crowned him as Lord. God has declared him to be Lord. And if people everywhere could grasp this, my God, huge fact in only a fraction of its glory, there would be shouting in the street. If you really could grasp the lordship of Christ. We wouldn't have to pump and prime you. Come on here. We wouldn't have to tell you the same man praise the Lord. If you could just get a good glimpse of the fact that Jesus is he's Lord. There will be dancing not only in the church but there will be dancing in the streets. And please don't make no mistakes in thinking that his lordship is not untried. It's been challenged often and never defeated. It is not delicate. It is not uh, wavering. It has withstood the worst hell has to offer and it stands firmer than ever. His throne has actually been attacked but it cannot be overthrown. He still stands in awesome power. In fact, every knee shall bow and every tongue will one day confess that Jesus is Lord. This is not a guess, but it is a prophecy which makes it as certain as if it has already happened. Jesus is Lord. Come on, somebody say Jesus.
Jesus. He is Lord. I'm almost halfway finished, so get you a snack. Come on here, because I need y'all to understand that he is Lord. You got to learn how to say it. I don't care how you're feeling. I don't care what you're going through right now. I don't care how the devil's trying to play tricks with your mind. The devil don't want you to declare that Jesus is Lord. But when you get up in the morning, the first thing you ought to declare is that Jesus is Lord. At noonday, you make sure you declare that what Jesus is Lord. When you go to bed at night, from now on, just look up and say, Jesus, he is Lord. Listen, say it in times of joy that Jesus is Lord. Lest we be sidetracked with lesser joys, lest we become preoccupied with lesser gladness unless we get caught up more with the blessing than the blesser you ought to start acknowledging him as Lord in times of sadness you ought to declare that Jesus is Lord these are times these times are but for a moment but how many of y'all know weeping may endure for night. But tell your neighbor, joy's coming in the morning. I know you've been going through some stuff, but don't worry about it. Because Jesus is Lord, joy's coming in the morning. How many of y'all know that trouble is temporary? But Jesus is Lord forever. Let it ring in time of distress that Jesus is Lord. Say it in times of bereavement that Jesus is Lord. When death has stolen our very dearest from our homes and our hearts are lonely and crushed. How many of y'all know that death will crush your heart to the core? Death will leave an empty hole on the inside. But what a glorious fact in the midst of death. Somebody today ought to say Jesus is Lord. In in the midst of my hurt, in the midst of my pain, I got to declare in this place that Jesus is Lord. Say it in times of stress. These been the last two stressful years, but you got to declare that Jesus is Lord. Can there be any stress from the outside that is greater than he that's on the inside? Look at your name and say, greater is he that's within me uh, then he that's within the world uh, I won't let the stress on the outside uh, mess up what I have on the inside uh, because Jesus is Lord uh, I got something greater than my stress uh, and then you gotta say it uh, in times of success uh, as humans applaud uh, rings in your ears and as men will lift you up to heaven and they'll try to crown you you got to refuse it and hand that crown to Jesus because without him 
I am nothing. The Lord is our God. He is the one that deserves all of the honor and all of the glory. And when you know he's Lord, even in your success, you won't try to take the glory. Who is the king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty and better. Lift up your heads. Ye gates, and even lift him up the everlasting doors, and the king of glory it shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty and better. Somebody, you ought to lift your head up and you ought to declare in this place that Jesus, he is my Lord. You got to say it in times of decision. Lord, help me preach this thing. There are decisions. These decisions are not yours. It's not yours to make because your life is not yours. It is his and only his. He is the way. You got to walk in him. He is the truth. You got to believe him. He is the life. He may live in your body. We owe everything to him. We owe him our blind obedience because he's Lord over our decisions. And when you recognize that he is your Lord, then in all your ways you will acknowledge him and he will he'll direct your path have I come down your street yet if not just hold on you gotta say it in times of loneliness that Jesus is Lord is the family gone have your friends forsaken you you may feel lonely but you're not all alone. My Lord is near all of the time. He promised he'll never leave you, nor would he forsake you. And if God be for us, who can be against us? You gotta say it in times of confusion. Maybe you lost your way. Maybe you have no idea what is important or not. You don't understand anymore. Yes! You can't even feel anything. Some of y'all are just numb. You bothered, baffled, and bewildered. But in those times, you ought to throw up your hands and say, I know Jesus is Lord. In times of crushing guilt, you ought to say, Jesus, he is my Lord. I'm going to feel like preaching. Have you been brought low in sorrow and despair? Are you dejected? 
and disgusted. Have you failed over and over again? I want you to hear those words again that Jesus he is Lord. He's Lord whether I'm in the pit or on the mountaintop. He's Lord whether I'm crying or whether I'm laughing. Somebody ought to declare that Jesus Jesus he is Lord. I know I got a pass but I ain't gonna be guilty. It's been covered. Somebody need to hear that. You ought to tell your neighbor your pass has been covered under the blood. I don't care how much pot you smoked. Your pass has been covered under the blood. I don't care how long you was in prison. Your pass is under the blood. Why is it under? Because Jesus he is my Lord. You got to say it in the time of guilt. Say it in times of challenges. The task is great. Your strength is too much for you. There's no logical way you can come out of it. The risk is just too risky. The challenge is too challenging. But oh, Jesus is Lord. Stand fast. Unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Your labor. Tell your neighbor. Your labor. Your labor is not in vain. Oh, Lord, it's not in vain. But up the road is eternal again. I gotta let y'all go. But say it when you're going through family troubles. You got to say, Jesus is Lord. Don't argue no more. Don't cuss no more. But instead, say, Jesus, he is Lord. Disharmony reigns. Misunderstanding prevail. Tempers flare. Communication is lost. Gloom settles. Positions are taken. Battle lines are drawn. Your hopes seem to fade. Panic threatens. But because he is Lord, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. There is joy. Hey, I'm getting ready to close, but say it 
<laughs> when death threatens, keep on living. Keep on living. Death is going to knock on your door. But when it get ready to knock, I dare you to declare Jesus is Lord. When the doctors say it's just a matter of time, when the heart misses a beat, when the blood slows, when the chest rattles, when the body cools, when death come near, you need not go under death, but you can go over death. For you are more than a conqueror through him that loved you and nothing shall separate you from the love of God life nor death shall be able to separate you from God's love and remember that whosoever liveth and believeth in him shall never die. There is no sting in death and the grave it has no victory. Thanks be to God who giveth us the victory. I dare you I dare you to declare I've got victory. Get up off your seat. Some of y'all just in there. Get up off your seat. If you ain't gonna claim it, I'm at least put it in your spirit. I want you to say, I, I've got the victory. I don't know what you're going through, but declare I, I've got the victory. And the reason I know that I've got the victory is because Jesus, he is Lord. And when the trump of God shall sound, if I'm still around, I'm going to declare that Jesus, he is Lord. Have I got a witness that he's Lord? All I ever hope to be, I'm yours, Lord. And because I belong to you and you belong to me, I cannot help but say that he is Lord. Yes, he's risen from the dead. He is Lord. Anybody? Want him to be Lord of your life, Lord of your possessions, Lord of your decision. I dare you. I dare you to declare he is Lord. Come on, he is Lord. He He is, he's Lord of my life. That was the message of Pentecost, that Jesus Christ is Lord.